have you. Um, we're uh, we're going to lean in uh, this morning. I, I, there's notes right here. If you're new this morning and don't have notes, does anybody need a set of notes uh, that'll help you kind of track? There you go. Um, we're in le- we're in uh, session three uh, this morning. Um, <clears throat> last night was uh, a lot about the why of prayer, and we talked about who we are and identity, about who God is and who we are. Tried to unpack that. I hope some of those concepts and truth kind of uh, broke into your heart and are going to germinate and grow. Um, today is the how, and the how is still connected to a who. Um, we're going to start with, um, I, mean, I love talking about praying the Bible, praying the Lord's Prayer. We're going we're gonna to do that a little bit later, Lord willing. But um, we're going to start this morning with um, the leadership and the person of the Holy Spirit. And um, and so in 2017, uh, 2017, 2018, right in there, um, I remember um, the Lord just speaking to my heart really strong uh, that I was to be an advocate for the advocate. Um, and that, w- that was a word that was kind of personal to me that I feel very, by the way, inadequate about. Um, advocate is paraclete. It's one of the translation words. You'll remember in John 14, 15, 16, over and over and over, the Holy Spirit's called the advocate. Um, and he is the one who comes alongside and does that. And I, I saw the sentence that was me, lowercase, be a lowercase advocate for the advocate, capital A, in the body of Christ. And um, I knew that was linked to trying to usher people into living experience with the rea- reality of the third person of the Trinity um, in, the, in the Holy Spirit, both in the evangelical streams and in the charismatic. And um, the prayer movement, actually, if I would articulate gathering people, and we've had different iterations and will have different iterations of this, but all of my efforts to try to get thousands of people or leaders into a room or hundreds, tens, it doesn't matter, um, is just to get them into encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, it's yes to do prayer, but it's more, another phrase that kind of dropped my heart is, in the house of prayer, in a culture of prayer, is where my government resides. That's where I rule and where I reign. And so, um, I, I jokingly said, it's terrible language, but I said, the whole, the prayer movement's a trick for me, just to get the people of God together in a room talking to him. And when they talk to him, then I think he starts to talk back and begins to exert his leadership in the midst of it and does something beyond what any of us can do. That's why I think we need it individually. We need it as families. We need to be a people of prayer. We need it as, as churches um, and the church in the city for John 17 to manifest in our age, in our generation. It's never really happened uh, where we are one, even as he and the father are one. It's going to take a miracle of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we're going to talk this morning about that. And I'm going to pray because I am not very good at this. Last night was heavy content, proclamation, I hope revelation that hits your heart. Today's going to be a little bit more process, and I wish I was better at this. I wish I was better. I'm very inadequate. I don't know how to do it. I know how to testify with passion to the truth and the Holy Spirit. I feel like I, I know how to testify about what God's done in me. But to be an escort, which is one of the primary calls in my life right now, to escort people fully through to him instead of just them camping where I talk about him. Does that make sense? I, I, I've been so, so stunned I, I, or stirred by this image that many leaders who are raised up in the body of Christ, including myself, can get satisfied with people pitching a tent on the bridge of them bearing witness to him and not fully crossing over into the camp of the Lord. Does that imagery make sense? Because we come with passion and we're, 
we're stirring and, and so believe it. And, and then people are drawn sometimes to the, to the witness or to the testimonies and the experience. And people start living vicariously through the leader's experience. That's not a good thing. It will increase our pain when we find out eventually that every leader struggles. Every leader's got some major, you know, they got struggles and they're working with the deal. And we're ending up living in Christ through, so I, I like the deal with the Samaritan woman. She gets touched. you got five husbands. You're living with a guy that's not a member. She's impacted. Oh, my gosh, you're a prophet. She goes back to town, tells everybody in Samaria about Jesus. And they're like, wow, that's, that's a crazy story. And then a bunch of crowd comes out, and then he begins to minister to them. And then they look at her and say at some point, uh, we now believe because we've heard him ourselves, not just through your witness. That's a big moment for them. They were impacted enough to leave their homes and come out of Samaria and encounter Jesus because of his testimony, but it's not enough. What I'm doing right now is at best an escort to somewhere. It's not the destination, right? This is a means to the end, and so I'm going to pray because I feel sober about it this morning. I, I'm not sure really what we're all going to do here, but I want to, uh, yeah, work at with a room full of people uh, helping escort you to a place to learn his presence, to learn that skill. And I'm going to proclaim some truth, which I like doing, but I want to be able to escort you to that place, and I am fully inept in that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank, thank you for the gospel. We do pause soberly right now. We thank you, Father, for you so loving the world. You sent your son. You incarnationally pressed through, entered the human race that was fallen and rebelling, rebelling against you. And you robed yourself in humanity, succeeded in an Adam-like body. Let, it, let them kill the people you love. You let them kill you. And then you rose from the dead. We thank you for your victory. And thank you that we have more than just forgiveness. We do, but we have your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you ascended to the right hand and poured out the Holy Spirit. So I pray you take us beyond a cursory knowledge of the presence of the Spirit more than a doctrinal. I pray for li real living experience here that's not stirred up by the emotions of man or the neglect, whatever. I'm just asking, help us, Holy Spirit. We've never had more books and more information than our lives. But we need, we need impartation, we pray. So help us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, yeah. Adjust your microphone. Where's my microphone at? Very good. Is that good? Thanks, Brock. A great Canadian. <laughs> We're going to focus on this phrase from the last session and develop it. Through redemption, we've been invited into the Trinitarian relational dialogue and partnership. The, that, that statement is, a, is a, a big statement that you've been caught up in and invited back into interaction and living life and union with the Godhead. I said this last night. I'll say it again. What Adam and Eve lost was not a good garden where there was just no shame, they lost God. They lost God. And then God comes after them to get them back to God. 
not back to Judaism, not back to Christianity, not back to a temple. Where he's coming to get them back in him. It was never supposed to be separate ever. Heaven and earth are separate now. They were never supposed to be separate. They will come back together. They'll be united in Christ. And so will the soul of man and the soul of God be connected again. And that's where he went to bring us. And so the primary reward of the gospel, I think this is important for you to get, is, is, is the Holy Spirit himself. God is the reward of his own gospel. Now, I love heaven as a good Baptist. We've talked about that, and I love it. But heaven is heaven because God is there. And he makes it that way. And actually, heaven's going to be the new heaven, new earth. You're going to be on earth, by the way. I don't know if you know that. You won't be floating on a cloud. Heaven and earth will be together. We'll be ruined and reigning. Um, we're unfettered by sin and Satan and sickness and all that kind of stuff. It would be an amazing thing. But the reward that you get through your being born again is you get God back. And God gets you back. That temple tearing when he was crucified, it is finished, was to let you in, but to get him out too. So y'all, we could be united once again. So that's what Peter's going to say at the end of this sermon where he's proving they're not drunk. And this is biblically what was spoken of in the prophet Joel. At the end of that, they'll say they're cut to the heart. How do we, what do we do? And he says, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of heaven. Is that what it says there? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, and by the way, the context here is not tongues. You'll be able to speak in other languages and, and tell the gospel. That's a fruit of it maybe sometimes. But the gift, it's the gift of the person. And that, that, that's the context here, okay? You repent, forgive, get forgiveness of sins, and you will get the Holy Spirit. And so this is the fulfillment of what John the Baptist said. John the Baptist in John 1 proclaimed two primary things about the coming of Jesus. Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's going to do that. That's huge. And he's the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Those are the two primary functions in this age of the Lord Jesus, is to be the Lamb slain that washes sins away. And that's a means to an end. That's not the end. Praise God you're forgiven. Aren't you glad you're forgiven? But the forgiveness is cleaning the house so we can come occupy. Where this thing is headed is the Spirit of God coming inside you. Okay? So everybody turn to John chapter 7. John 7, um, right? This is deeper into his ministry. John 7, 37. Um, You might remember this, but Jesus goes up during one of these... uh, um, religious holidays, it says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 37, you remember this, 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, John then adds this commentary. Now, he said this about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, were to, future, receive, for as yet the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I won't spend a bunch of time on this, but just for whatever it's worth, in the Greek, the word given is not there in verse 38. So it would have read, read, he said this about them believing so the spirit comes out of you because they were to receive the spirit for as yet the spirit had not yet been because Jesus had not yet been glorified. If you read that in its literal thing, it's almost like, so the Holy Spirit never existed? That's not what it's saying. But it is, it's not saying, it doesn't say, there's not given there. It's saying he has not been yet. How has he not been? Well, he has not been to this point like Jesus 
had not been before the incarnation. Jesus eternally had been the word of God, but he in time robed himself with a body. Does everybody know that, right? There's something that happens in the dispensation of the second person of the Trinity. He, he is word of God forever, and then he comes inside a human and robes himself with flesh. And you understand, he's forever a man. There's a Jewish man sitting with a body in the heavenly realms right now. And he's sitting there in full resurrected body. And forever is that. That was a, a shift. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's hovering. Holy Spirit's coming on people. Holy Spirit's giving prophets words. But he said, this is not, this is not the fullness of where this is headed. Because of my resurrection and my ascension, it says in Acts 2 earlier in the sermon, the Spirit, Jesus received the Spirit from the Father. Again, like he did in the Jordan, the dove came on him, received it, and poured out what you now hear and you see. Meaning that the Spirit up to this point had not been an accessible source of life for human beings. Up to that point, he didn't come in to transform and make residence and begin to manifest and transform the individual from the inside out. He had come on all the time, come on and done things powerful. But here he's come and now he becomes this inward dwelling life for us. So the gift of your salvation is the Holy Spirit. Everybody's thankful for the Holy Spirit. Say amen. amen. Your whole Christian life, your whole Christian life is learning how to walk with, navigate, learn, sanctify, get in agreement with the Holy Spirit's presence within you. It's the whole game. It's the whole deal. It's not learning new habits so you become more good and less bad. It is you beginning to let that life that's within you live out through you. And it's a challenge. Anybody find it a challenge? It's a challenge. And then the church will do anything and everything to not focus on that sometimes. And that's not saying she's evil. She just doesn't know what to, what do I do? But there's a living presence. God came in you and God wants to live in you and then manifest out through you in what he would call rivers of living water. So we're plugged up wells in so many different ways. And so this morning, I don't know if you're tired or your back aches or you're digesting a donut or bagel. I don't, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your physical body. You and your spirit man, if you're born again, have the Holy Spirit in you right now. He's alive and well. He's not tired. He's not digesting a bagel. He's good. He's doing what the Father's doing. He's doing the Holy Spirit. He's moving in power. That's what your Bible says. And you have the same Holy Spirit that Paul had and Peter had. And so that's working within you. So we're going we're to practice this morning. But how do we then become aware of that? I, it's one of the big questions I'm, I'm going to have, I have, and maybe when I get a resurrected body and brain, I'm going to know this answer. But how in the world did he dwell in me and I didn't explode? How did he dwell in me when I was, yeah, being good, I get that, but when I was being bad? Has anybody been bad since you've been a Christian? Don't anybody lie. He's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in you when you're good and when you're bad. He never, he's not leaving. He never leaves nor forsakes you. He's inside you. I just want to know the answer. What were you doing? How do you do that? How do you hold yourself? I don't, it's an amazing thing. And I know it has something to do with the blood of Christ and the atonement and grace and all that's happening. It's a powerful thing. But um, my whole progression in 46 years of being in Christ has really been a progression of learning how to uh, live with, agree with, be open to the pres living presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And um, I, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that's in the middle in the body of Christ. The charismatics don't think I'm charismatic enough, and the evangelicals don't think I'm, you know, I'm too charismatic. And, and I get it. That's okay. Um, but I, I just want to emphasize with all my heart, not the gifts, the fruits, the discipline. I want to emphasize the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what I think the illiteracy is about. Then we can let him manifest and do what he does through personalities and through different kind of groups and all that, whatever. We just, I think we have an illiteracy of knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. So you might write this verse down. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 14 says, May the love of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus... Does anybody remember the next part? And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He's just saying goodbye, Paul is, and he's doing Trinitarian theology. <laughs> may the love of God the Father, his love, may the grace, the unmerited favor in Christ, and may the koinonia, that's the word there, koinonia of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Receiving the Father's love, receiving the favor and grace, and it's all manifested within you, koinonia, and you fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. So I would ask you this morning, as we, how's your fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Because this is key to your prayer life. You just doing your prayer life is not going to, it's fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Prayer life, he's the chief prayer on the planet. He's moving your heart. He has thoughts. He has opinions. He has emotions. The Holy Spirit has all these things. And you getting synced with him, living in him, having fellowship. How's your conversation with the Holy Spirit going? How's your ongoing dialogue with the Spirit? Not just when you need to move in power in a ministry moment. Yes. Or when you're in trouble. Yes. But I mean praying without ceasing. How's that inner dialogue going? You want to increase that dialogue because most of us live in a mental monologue. And we're thinking and trying to think our way through and leaning on our own understanding. But he wants to lead us into a place of trusting the Lord with all of our heart i.e. that we're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this. I don't want to print, I'm just so against painting some idyllic, like I'm around, like I said yesterday, like I'm floating around my duplex in plain view, buzzing and glowing because I'm talking with the Spirit all the time. I'm, as a, I'm the most ADD person in this room. Squirrel. I'm just, it's the, the, and I have to fight the battle to get back in, and everybody will in here. So I'm not trying to paint this big idyllic picture. We won't get the fullness of this until, I think, the second coming. But this is where we've got to go. And by the way, we need mothers and fathers who can train children how to do this. Not just how to do Christianity, but how to live out from Christ. And it's going to take something. So there's a phrase in there that we're focusing on. Our primary text is Ephesians 6, 17 through 18. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times, here's the phrase, in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, be alert and perseverant. So this phrase, praying in the spirit, is listed three times. I've got them there. And it's not only used about prayer. It's used about love. It's used about uh, fellowship. It's used, in the spirit is a common phrase in the New Testament, as you might imagine. It doesn't just mean speaking in tongues. It, it, it can. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm full in. I love speaking in tongues. It's great. All right? I love it when the Spirit moves me. I pray with my mind. I pray with my heart. We can talk about that another time. But really, the big overarching issue here is praying in the Spirit is praying motivated by him, led by him. So I've got there the Greek word translated pray in can have several different meanings. It can mean by means of or with the help of or in the sphere of or in connection to. Praying the Spirit does not refer to words we are saying necessarily. Rather, it refers to how we are praying. Praying in the Spirit is praying according to the Spirit's leading. 
It's praying for things that the Spirit leads us to pray for. Because if left unto ourselves, and we'll get there later at the end of the day, we're going to pray for a lot of stuff. We're going to try to use God to get what we always wanted anyway. And he's like, now I want you to come into partnership with me. So when we say praying in the Spirit, we want to help people get better at discerning what he's doing. So discernment is the big issue here. we got to grow in discernment of an invisible God that dwells in us more than just learning new skills of how to walk in life. And I'm pro-learning skills in life, by the way. I'm not anti that. But the Christian life is this crazy thing. If you've not noticed, God is invisible. And he's esoteric. It's what? It's, I feel led. What does that mean? Is that the Lord or is it gas or what is that? I feel, what is it? And we know some, all of us know some crazy things that have happened from people who said they led by the Spirit. Crazy things. It's a dangerous thing. This is the most <laughs> dicey subject to me. It's the essential subject, and it's the most dicey subject in the Christian faith. Because it's the subjective thing that we're, as we deal with an objective reality of the Spirit of God's within us. And so um, we want to train. We want to help train in this. So let me, let me say a couple things. When you pray or when you talk, you have a personality. You have a personality within. You were born, and God fashioned you in your emotional, is this me? Am I doing that? Okay, thank you. That's helpful. So you have a, you have a personality. Is that me? Am I doing, does that make me not, is it right here? It's my big beard. Brock did that. But you have a spiritual personality, and uh, you can write this down. I'm not going to go there right now just because of time, but Romans 12, 3 through 8. We teach on this quite a bit, but you have grace gifts. When you were born again, you got two graces. You got the grace, you received the grace or you didn't get saved, of the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross and were saved. You also got grace gifts. And so there's seven of them listed there, and they're permanent. They don't come and they go and go. There's other places, 1 Corinthians 12, where they come and they go, gifts. But the reason I'm talking about this one is because it forms your spiritual personality. There's prophesying, there's serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership and mercy and there's seven there and again this is a whole nother session i just don't have time for but the, whatever you are or mix of those probably determines how you hear and interact with the holy spirit and because of that the apostolic concern in first corinthians 12 is this he's concerned about the gifted body of christ that they're either going to float into a cul-de-sac of independence my gift is so strong i don't need anybody else the eye doesn't need the whatever, right? Or it's insecurity. Because I'm the foot, nobody needs me. And that's what happens when you and I are looking at each other and comparing against each other as opposed to receiving what he made us and blending with the rest of the body of Christ. So I am a leadership teaching guy with some prophetic splash, okay? Whatever. That's the best I know. And so when I pray I just got Bible verses coming out of me. and If you hear me pray, you might go, wow, I don't pray like that. So I wonder if I pray. Don't do that. The prophetic people pray pictures a lot. Little images and things that come and whatever. The service people pray a little more practical. God, get this done. They're get her done. Mercy people just, <laughs> and they, they just feel 
feel their way with a heart, and it's beautiful. I love it. Would you say out of all the seven mercies probably at the bottom for you? Is that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that hurt a little bit. That hurt. There's forgiveness. So you've got these things. That's funny. The, the, the encouragement people are praying, hope, hope, hope. But hope, God, they're the coaches and cheerleaders, right? Leadership, you want to get her, get, let's, let's rally people. Anyway, you're hearing the spirit, this is going to be helpful to you, through the lens of who you are, your spiritual personality. It's really important you know your gifting so you don't compete with others, you don't get independent, and so you know why you hear the way you hear. This is causing so much conflict in marriages. Because the, the, the guy is the, whatever he is, I, I know him both ways, but the, let's just do it. The guy's the leadership team, and he's, rawr, here we go, here we go, here we go, and God's doing this. And she's over here, feeling mercy and compassion, and you know what I mean? And they just keep missing each other and thinking, you're not even hearing God. And the deal is, is that when God speaks, it's a manifold word that he speaks to all of us, but it comes in different flavors and ways. And then we respond in prayer in different ways. We'll show you that here in a minute. And so, I, does that make sense to everybody? I so want you to know this because to me, the illiteracy around this is causing so much conflict and division. Competition, insecurity, and independence where we need that the Lord's trying to draw us together. I want to love, love, love the gift of sarcasm. Well, what is it you have? Whatever. <laughs> the being in charge grace on Aaron. We want, we want, to, we want to love. I want to appreciate it and listen. Because then, yes, ma'am. Yeah, we hear the Holy Spirit or interpret him, uh, translate him through the lens of our gifting, our spiritual personality. That's good. Thank you, sister. That needed to be said again. Because you'll notice somebody else translates it a different way, and then if you aren't secure in who you are, you'll start comparing against each other. And it's going to cause some funky stuff in you. And these stages make it worse often. Because I'll come up and talk about how I do it. And you're like, well, that's the way we do it. No, not necessarily. It's who you do it through. That's the same. That's always the same. Who? The how is different. Because you hear it different ways. It's beautiful. You perceive the kingdom. Does that make sense, everybody? Okay. So, again, we should have a 30-minute, 45-minute. I, I, we, we do these things where we do the gifts thing, and I'll just teach on it, and then we go through every person. Make sure you know who you are and who you're not so that you'll be set free. In fact, let's just do this really quick. All y'all that think that prophesying, you have an intuitive sense of what God's doing in the right now, revelatory grace. It just comes. You're not trying to get it come. You just, you're visual. You dream. You da-da-da. If, if you've got a gift of prophesying, raise your hand really up and down. Yeah, great. Good luck. <laughs> Serving people, you think about get her done. You hear the, by the way, how you know your gift? Uh, I should say this. This is how you know your gift. You can take a test, but the best test is what leaps out of your heart naturally when Jesus is needed in a crisis moment. That's, right. that's, what, that's, what, that's how you know. Jesus meets the moment, and he leaps up out of your heart even when you don't know it. So do you like, I want to give a prophetic word, or I want to serve and fix the car? Is that you? Service people. Raise your hand, service people. Oh, my gosh, you're the best. You're the first in the kingdom, by the way. Sorry, we, honestly, sorry with mics and stages we made you less. Servants are the greatest in the kingdom. They are, flat out. Teacher, you got the Bible, you just love the Bible, you just burn with Bible, you want to give somebody a Bible verse? Raise your hand, bam, great, yeah, good. Exhortation, you're the coaches. Hope, 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 hope. Come on, cheerleaders and coaches, yeah. 
Leadership drives you crazy when a group of people are together and are not working together to get something done. Leaders? Yeah. All right? And you givers. You givers. You just, you think financially how you can supply and you long for that. Just bam. Really, not as many. And then mercy. You compassionate, feel the heart of God stuff. You just feel people's pain to the point it scares you that you feel so much pain in yourself. Raise your hand. Yeah. Again, good luck with that. The, pro- the prophesying and the mercy people, you're the, man, you're the most sensitive people. And you are ward on. You're the bookends of this heart of Jesus thing. The beautiful thing. I love it. But you got to navigate it, Aaron. Take some time and figure these people out. But you got to navigate because your, war- your warfare is tailor-made to quench your Holy, your Holy Spirit gifting. You're, he's trying to generally kill, steal, destroy all of us, but he's tailor-made trying to destroy and get your anointing down. Because if he can get you to move out of your flesh and not your gifting, then it can look, it can be called Christianity, but it's just a mess. I mean, you know how many churches are just a mess in the city? I love them. But they're functioning from the flesh, not from the anointing and the gifts. And so the Lord's just trying to bring that in order. And so this, how does this relate to prayer? Because it's how you're, it relates to how we con- converse with the Lord. I talk with him kind of like a teacher. I'm Bibling all the time with him. I'm leading. How do we get everybody moving to do what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, you know what I mean? It just, it, it's how I dialogue in some ways and how I hear. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus in the room for a securing season of people knowing who they are. Royal priest, righteous, God, we're all the same. But who, what's their grace gift? What's their giftings? I pray for a celebration of their design and a sense of understanding of their design. Show them the blueprints of how you designed their heart. Show them the blueprints. So can I just say something right now? Did you hear me just say that? Show them the blueprints. The reason I prayed that is because I saw it first. You don't have to function this way. I just want to testify. I'm praying a Bible thing, and then my prophetic side kicks in, and I saw you all, many of you, lift up a set of blueprints, and the top of the page was your name, and it's God's design. So I saw, I saw that in my inner man, and so what I did is I'm like, that's the heart of God, sounds like, was in line with the word, so I prayed it out loud. And you know what I just did? Is I just was like a, fe- I was like a mailman to you. There's something coming in the mail to you, it's called blueprints. Because we just prayed the heart of God, and it's happening, and you're going to begin to see and have a season where you'll go, oh, 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 that's who I am. Amen. Enjoy the mail. <laughs> but I want to describe to you what the process is happening, because I'm inner dialoguing, and I'm mentioning this. Amen. Great. <clears throat> Keys to praying in the Spirit, and let's have some fun here. Keys to praying the Spirit. We primarily faith the Spirit, not feel the Spirit for His leading. You will feel the Spirit because we're about to practice this. Some of you this morning are not going to feel anything. That's fine. Feelings are the icing on the cake. We love feel. I love it. But we faith first, then we feel. I faith into the objective truth of we faith in the spirit. So a bunch of you won't feel the spirit as you would determine feeling, but everybody in here can faith the spirit. Everybody in here that believes that uh, there is a one true God who's one, in, one God in three persons, say amen. amen. Faith. Everybody in here that believes that you are born again and the spirit of God's within you, say amen. amen. Faith. 
I don't need to feel that. I faith it. Everybody that believes the Spirit of God's in the room because we're in the room, say amen. amen. Faith. Uh, I, don't, I don't wait to feel to, I faith in toward reality and toward truth. That's a big, big deal. Ton of the church is waiting to feel God move. I'm like, stop it. Your feeler is being healed. And I love it when he punches the button. Here come the goosebumps. Here comes the joy. Here comes, okay, I love it. And it, you can't stop it from happening. You're going to feel. If you get up against the glorious God, you're going to feel. But you don't go and lead by that. You faith by okay? There's more of an intuitive knowing instead of a clear sensation feeling I just talked about. Now, when I, I did that, I didn't feel the blueprint thing. I intuitively knew it. Now, is that true? Y'all may go, well, that was your burger last night or my toast. This, I don't, you don't know. But I intuitively felt like I knew it, and it supported the point I was just making. Does that make sense? But I just intuitively knew. I didn't wait. When I say I saw, I did not have an open vision. I'm looking, oh, my gosh, blueprints. I just had a, does that make sense? The Lord if you will, hardwired my imagination and downloaded his mind and heart into me for you. And I practiced it enough that I'm like, oh, that's what that is. He hardwired my imagination that he's sanctifying because I've used it for a lot of things I shouldn't have used it for, mostly dreaming about my greatness. Sorry. I'm going to confess big time at the end of this thing. You're going to be so unimpressed with me and know how to pray. As I kick the stool out of honoring me, it'll be good. But I intuitively know, and then, key three, we can risk and be careful at the same time. This is why I've done lab time in the city, and people, one of the biggest things that I'm not doing Saturday is like, hey, we miss lab time. It's because I was always just practicing a little bit, um, and I was being risky and careful. What we would do is practice. Okay, Holy Spirit, come. And I was like trying to get everybody settled down. And we're going to do this like normal life. Normal life, I'm not, you know, anyway, frothing at the, doing the dishes. I'm, I'm just being Sam. And so I need to know how to move, move in the spirit right then. And so what I'm saying to you is this. We can risk and go for it, yes. And we can be careful at the same time. Bereans, we can. Because the flesh is a nuanced, just cross the line any moment. And then suddenly it's about me and my experience, and everybody's watching me. That's not the goal of this. Me manifesting the spirit in front of you, if you end up camping on me, I mean, that's diabolical, if not anarchy. I do not do that. I don't want to come up, and I want to escort you somewhere. So I have some governors in me right now, if you can imagine. <laughs> you said before the deal. He goes, just you, what do you want to do this morning? And we were talking there. Just you be you. And then he looked at me and goes, with some boundaries, of course. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, I felt a lot of freedom, and then I felt, right, just go, just do what you, be you, baby, except not all of you. Let's not have, <laughs> and actually, I like it a lot, and he knows that, because again, I'm doing some governor stuff right now. I am, and, and, and I'm trying to make this as human. We want to be supernaturally natural, naturally supernatural. That's where you want to go with this thing. Because if it only works in this room where we all get hyped up and we do our thing and doesn't work out there, this is where we practice out there where we mostly are. Mostly out there. 
We come in here and we start doing something we never do out there, then it gets a little weird. Nobody's getting discipled, I'm telling you. And I, and I don't know the lines on that, and I'm, I'm, God help me from a critical spirit, but I just want, man, we need authenticity in the body of Christ and mothers and fathers that can come up and confess about their struggles, be really human, and the power of God just manifests right through them at the same time. Okay, key four, the spirit has thoughts and is praying right now, and you can join in. We're going to practice this right now, and I just need you to know nobody needs to come up with a thought of good thought for somebody near you. The Spirit's got a lot of thoughts. He's got thousands of them, Psalms 139. as number of, of, what is that called, pebbles on the sand? Grains of sand. Couldn't say that word. Grains of sand on the seashore. That's how many thoughts he's got about everybody in this room. And then he lets us in on a few of them. He's like, here, come on. Come on, do it with me. Think, think, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Jace this way. This way I'm thinking about Jace. Boom. Say it to him. Say my thought to him. And my, watch, my, I'm getting there. My one anothering, encouraging him, blessing him, suddenly becomes a Trinitarian experience. I'm caught up in Jesus. I've got the download of the Father's heart. And by the Spirit, I speak it to him. You know what happens? Man, I've just pulled the cord on faith in his heart. And I've drawn him up. Come on up. One anothering is not us just getting along and having a good time. One anothering is a participation in the Trinitarian fellowship. In our new covenant community. That's what, that's what we're doing. When we're forgiving one another, praying for one another, all the 31 another's. We're coming in. You're inviting people in and you're participating. And we're about to do that right now. We're going to participate in the Trinitarian dynamic life-filled fellowship. Does that make sense? And so we got to stop separating away everything. So prayer with, for me is, um, is the description of what we do in life with God. And I've said this before, and I so want you to get it. And I'm saying it because I want to get it out of the margin. I think prayer's been in the margin of things we ought to do. I want to move it from that margin to not just what we get to do, but who we are. That's what I'm trying, one of my primary missions right now in the church. And because if we could get his leadership operating again, that's the primary thing. His person and his leadership. I mean, a lot's going to get done in the city in our lives. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in the room now. Um, thank you we don't have to work you up. You are worked up. You're a consuming fire. And um, now I ask, as we, as we practice being a people of prayer, at a culture of prayer, um, would you give us courage to step out? Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Ears to hear and eyes to see. Holy Spirit, while you're doing the room, I pray, free us from any bizarre mysticism that's beyond what you... Help us to be rooted deep in our humanity, this incarnational moment. You're doing miracles in the flesh. But then help us to be free from our fear of having hardwired-in thoughts from you. We practice and we step out in Jesus' name. Amen.